0: What's up anatomy nerds? Welcome to Anatomy Bites, a show for physical therapy students and beyond, where we discuss different parts of the body in bite-sized little chunks. I'm your host, Nick. I'm currently a third-year doctor of physical therapy student here in sunny Southern California, finishing up my last clinical rotations. This podcast is for anyone interested in learning anatomy for medical professionals, including PTs, MDs, pre-health students, and more. Thank you for joining us. Let's get on with today's show. Psst. Hey, you. Nerd. Yeah, you. Before we get started, can I ask you a favor? Has Anatomy Bites helped deepen your understanding of the human body or helped you study for that lab practical that you were really struggling with? If so, would you mind helping us boost our rankings in your favorite podcast app? If you're feeling the love for Anatomy Bites and you want to share those good vibrations, can you please rate and subscribe to this show? It's super simple and it will help us a long way. If you're listening to this podcast on the Apple Podcasts app, Rating and leaving a comment is super quick and easy. All you need to do is scroll down from the main show page until you see ratings and reviews. And tap those five little stars and leave a comment if you feel so inclined. If you're on Spotify from the main show page, just hit those three little dots in the upper right-hand corner of your screen and select Rate Show from there. It's super easy and doing this small kindness will help boost our rankings and help others find out about the show. So if you're feeling the love, hook us up. Thanks and let's get on with it. Nerds, nerds, nerds. Boy, do I have news for you. I know it's been a minute and I have a really good reason. I was studying my butt off for my board exam The National Physical Therapy Exam, and I passed on the first try. I uh, am here today to share some strategies for you that worked for me. Um, And I just have to say that this is a wild time of life for me. I have been in school for seven years straight. I changed careers in my 30s, had to get all the prerequisites for PT school completed before applying, and now I'm done. This is the eve of my graduation, y'all. I am done with school forever. And I can't even tell you all of the emotions that I have been feeling on this roller coaster of the last couple weeks. It's incredible. Um, I took my NPTE, I passed, I actually got a great score, got a 725 out of 800. I took the California law exam, passed that, and the licensing paperwork is just waiting to be processed. My school has one more form to fill out and send in and I am chilling. I have nothing to do. It's unbelievable (laughs) I have no idea what to do with myself and yet there are so many things that I want to do I don't know where to start honestly so I started here (laughs) so I'm getting a lot of questions from classmates you know because they're about to start their studies and so if any of you guys are listening thank you I hope this is helpful for you and the reason why I'm able to give this advice to them is because I took my exam early. There's a handful of us in my class who decided to do this and so I have that perspective that I can share for all of you guys who are now on your pursuit of that MPTE. So I hope these hints are helpful. They help me get through and uh, it's not gonna be pretty. It's not gonna be easy. It will be hard, but you can do it. So I'm proud of you. <sighs> Now I could do the whole thing, getting all emotional about graduation, but I think I'm gonna save my tears for the actual ceremony tomorrow and I'll fill you in on that later. So without further ado, let's go ahead and learn all about study tips from me. The last time I will introduce myself to you as a third year doctor of physical therapy student in sunny Southern California. Next time this intro will be a little bit different because I'll be a DPT (laughs) y'all. It's great. All right, let's hear a little message from our sponsors and we will be back in a flash. All right, so here we are, the moment that you tuned in for. Um, These are my study strategies for the National Physical Therapy exam or the NPTE. This is our national board exam that all graduates will have to take as part of their licensing process. So just to kind of start off, I just wanna say that these tips are things that I did. These are my strategies. They may or may not work for you, but this is just kind of my way of offering some help, because for those of you who are just starting out your process of studying for the NPTE, um, probably the July exam, if you're tuning in at the time of release here, uh, why not share the wealth? Um, I've had a couple classmates ask me, because I actually took the exam early. And so my classmates are actually um, preparing right now for taking the NPTE. So, why not share the wealth? These are just things that I did. My strategies, they may or may not work for you, but um, maybe you'll glean some information that helps. Um, additionally, no content of the exam is going to be discussed here. This is simply strategy. So. If you're tuning in for content, sorry, um, I actually can't share that with you. Uh, it's, it's against the law. <laughs> um, so this is simply my strategy for preparing. Um, and then you can do your hard studying and get yourself to the finish line as far as content is concerned, okay so first things first you have to decide when are you taking the NPTE if you are already tuning in it may be because you're already in that process and you've already decided Um, this exam is offered four times a year i believe so i think it's january april july and october and you'll have to find the date that works for you i actually took mine three weeks before my graduation, which not every school or state will allow. You have to do the back-end research to figure out if that's going to work for you. Long story short, I decided to take it early because A, I am a career changer. I've spent 12 years in the workforce before PT school, and I really didn't want to wait to start just the rest of my life. Um, after graduating I just wanted to kind of be done when I was done Um, so and I actually graduate tomorrow and I'm really grateful that I did that for myself because now I'm just waiting for my licensing paperwork and there's literally nothing for me to do and it's like a forced break that I have gifted to myself Um, I do have a job waiting for me uh, that I'll be starting in a couple weeks and so right now I just get to enjoy my time off um, because I literally just have nothing to do and it's Fantastic. I'm so stoked about that. But um, anyway, so if you want another episode on why, in more detail, I decided to take the April exam um, and what went into that, you know, let me know. Uh, but we'll say that's content for another day. Okay. So decide when you're taking the exam, obviously, first and foremost. That's got kind of what you got to do. Um, number two, you're going to have to decide your, you know, primary test prep company okay so I would ask around right Uh, I asked my clinical instructors especially my first one about a year ago he had been a graduate from my program so I felt like he was a really good person to ask because he was very helpful in helping me fill in the gaps of our programs content and he could kind of give a bird's-eye view so talking with my CI my very first CI he Um, kind of laid out two options he's like you know a lot of people that I know either did score builders or O'Sullivan he explained to me that O'Sullivan was like very detailed but also very dense and that score builders people liked it because it was kind of more bite-sized chunks which you know I love um, more kind of like graphical representations lots of Bold colors and good organization of the book, and so for me, knowing my study style and how you know I need to direct my attention, I chose to go with Score Builders. That's just from his honestly, from his description, what appealed to me the most. Um, I'm sure O'Sullivan is fantastic. I've heard you know from many people that they've used it successfully. Um, it just didn't seem, from his description, that that would work for me. It just seemed um, too dense and uh, I just know myself that that wouldn't work out quite as well because, you know, I just felt like I would go too much into the weeds and um, get stuck on subjects versus trying to cover everything. So pick your test prep company and ask around. There's a lot of them out there actually. So once you've decided to go with that, you know, obviously you have to secure your materials. Um, I actually signed up for the Scorebuilder's newsletter quite early, probably about a year ago, and, um, That was helpful for me because I actually was able to be on their newsletter when a big sale happened so that I could get the newest edition of the book at like a 30% discount and so even though I wasn't studying at the time that I bought it I think it was like Labor Day last year or something like that um, I was at least able to have that book at a discount and not be scrambling you know and paying full price when I was actually getting to the studying part okay so I had those materials kind of just collecting dust on my shelf for several months, but they were there when I needed them. Okay. So once you have your materials and you're ready to actually start to prepare yourself for studying, you're going to want to set a schedule. So kind of look in advance, how much time do you have and how much of the content can you realistically get through every week? okay um, so what I did was I basically started studying at the beginning of my final clinical rotation so our clinical rotations were 12 weeks I, I started the first week of my clinical rotation so um, given the test date was April 27th um, that gave me 10 weeks to prepare for the exam plus like a couple of extra days and I Decided to do it in that way because my second clinical rotation that I was just coming off of was incredibly busy and I was always exhausted at the end of the day. So that didn't seem like a good time frame for me to start studying. And I knew my third rotation was going to be a little bit more light um, because uh, it was a specialty rotation in pelvic health. And so I knew that, you know, it wouldn't be as much time every day on my feet, hustling around like an ortho clinic. So um, I decided to start then. And so I gave myself 10 weeks and I looked at the material and, you know, it's it's a very dense book, obviously. It's like an 800 page book that you have to get through. Um, And so I thought to myself, like, what's a good way to pace myself? Because I'm the kind of person where if I don't have something holding me accountable, I will procrastinate. And so I thought to myself, like the best way to organize myself would be to do 10% of the book every week. And so initially I started a spreadsheet and I kind of just like listed out all the sections of the book and I kind of like tried to eyeball it like, oh, this seems like about 10%. Cool. Um, That strategy worked for about four days and I was like, shoot, this is really tedious to try to keep track of this myself and so I actually started to look into some of the extra features of the score builders program this is not an ad for score builders by the way this is just the program that I used but uh, they have an extra program that you can purchase Um, I think I paid like I don't know $120 or something for like three or four months I think it was three months, yeah. So for me, it was worth it. Um, This extra program is called Basecamp, and what Basecamp allowed me to do was check off boxes within their program. It's like this expandable menu, and it helps you keep on track and um it divides the all the content into different like trails as they call them and they kind of have like a a mountain climbers theme so it's kind of cute uh you have five trails which are the five main categories of of the test material and within those you know trails you have little like subsections and so it was very easy for me to just expand the menu pick a section that i felt interested in for the day because also, my brain doesn't like to go from start to finish. It just goes by like what's interesting today um, because I have ADHD. So I have a very interest based nervous system. So for me, start to finish wasn't an option. Um, I wanted to just like expand the menu, pick a topic for today. And I was able to, you know, look at their printable reports every day and say, like, oh, okay, I did 10% um, this week. And it was, so much easier for me to keep track of my progress that way, and I was so so glad that I did that. It was very worth it for me um, because it helped me keep on track. Now, I wish I had given myself a little bit of extra time because I think you know, I, dividing 10% of the book into 10 weeks and then only having like an extra five days was not enough time for me to kind of wrap up the loose ends at the end because there was extra content in the book, like exercises that I could have done that I skipped because I was literally just trying to get through the content. So like at the end of each chapter, there would be like fill in the blank questions and little like pre quizzes. And, and I actually didn't have time to do those. So if I had to go back, I would probably give myself like 12 weeks, like a full 12 weeks to study. Um, because I was, not able to devote a lot of hours in my day to studying. And so like the time that I had was very precious to just get through content. Okay. So set your schedule based on what you need. Now, like I mentioned, I was going through my third clinical rotation as I was studying. And so, um, and, and I was very fortunate that this rotation was light because I didn't really have to take work home with me ever. Um, and I was able to like, study my rotation kind of materials at work um, because there was a lot of downtime. It was for pelvic health, and that's why, because uh, a lot of patients in pelvic health don't want to see students just by the nature of the uh, treatment and so that was understood um, from the get-go is that there would be downtime and so I used my time at work to devote to learning pelvic health material and so when I got home I was able to just rock and roll with the board prep and not have to think about that I could completely switch gears that being said my study schedule was very demanding from day one and um, I at first would come home after work, take like an hour off, you know, feed my dogs, make dinner, you know, just turn my brain off for a minute, and then study at home for like two hours. Once I got like about six weeks out from the actual exam itself, I realized that I wasn't doing my best studying at home, and I was starting my study like way too late, and I would get tired because I would get home, you know, I had a later schedule, and so I would really kind of start my studying at like 9 or 10 at night and go through like midnight and there was a point at which this was not being as productive as it could have been so I had to switch gears so about six weeks out before the exam uh, I started to reflect and I went back to you know my roots which was Libraryville I haven't been to the library um, much at all during the pandemic just because of, you know, pandemic stuff. (laughs) And so, um, you know, my tried and true method throughout all of my prereqs and everything was always like going to the library, but I hadn't done that in a couple years because pandemic stuff. But I said, you know what, this is go time. I need to do what works. And so I went back to my old tried and true study habit, which was go to work, pack a lunch, pack a dinner, leave work, go straight to the library, eat dinner in my car, and stay at the library until it closed. And I did that for six weeks. I did that almost every single day. I did that Monday through Thursday. Um, Friday I usually took off because they closed early. And then I would go a few hours on Saturday and a few hours on Sunday. And I did this literally for six weeks. And that was my way of holding myself accountable now I I realize that I'm coming from a place of privilege when I was able to do this study schedule I live by myself all I have is my two dogs to worry about I don't have kids I don't have a husband I don't have you know a partner or or a, a family member who depends on me in any way I was very free to be able to roam about the cabin so to speak and so this was what worked for me. I realize this will not work for everybody, but I would basically be, if you you know, think about just brain time on, I would be on for 12 hours every day, come home. My dogs didn't get a lot of walks unfortunately in the last six weeks, but uh, I was able to get her done. So that's what worked for me. I was spending a lot of time at the library in the last six weeks of my studying. So know yourself know how you operate best and set yourself up for success within those parameters, right? So that's what I had to do. And then once you know those parameters, you just hit the grindstone. You get rolling, you have to set up that structure in advance, right? And then go. Give yourself the ability to know what you got to do so that when you actually sit down to do it, you're not like, "Mm, what do I do now? No, when I got to the library, I would know exactly what I had to do. I knew as I sit down, I had about two, two and a half hours before the library would close, and I would be like, all right, all I gotta do is hit my 10% for the week. Today's Monday, I got till Saturday. That means uh, every single section of these five sections, I got to hit 10% of them every day, that's five days. And then on Sunday, I can take my practice test, right? So that kind of leads me into the next little bit. Um, Practice tests, I'm gonna hold off on talking about those for a little bit because first I wanna talk about other resources and budgeting extra time. So my library time was my meat and potatoes. That was me getting through the Score Builders book using the Basecamp and doing the Basecamp quizzes. Forgot to mention that that Basecamp program also has quizzes that you do at the end of each little section and they have challenges where you can challenge either yourself or another base camp participant to um, little challenges like how many questions can you get right in a row, kind of thing. And so it's a very interactive program. And so, you know, my library time was devoted to getting through the score builders content and the section quizzes, but there was other time throughout the week that I devoted to other resources. It wasn't a lot of time because I didn't have a lot of extra time to spare, but for the sake of mentioning, you know, you don't want to necessarily pigeonhole yourself into one study prep company because they might have blind spots, so to speak. They might be missing something that works for you. So it's good to kind of spread your wings a little bit. And this is something I wish I had kind of done earlier. I'll tell you why but for some of the other resources that i used were um, the pocket prep app pocket prep i did pay extra for their bank of 600 questions because otherwise you're only able to get like a few questions i can't even remember but it was it was very limited and i tried their free um, access first and i blasted through my limits very quickly so i realized you know i like that this Uh, Pocket Prep app ask questions slightly differently than Basecamp and they're I found them to be more difficult and so I found them to be a useful resource for me and so I felt it was worth it to pay extra for um, like a few months of access to their bank of 600 questions. To be honest I didn't use It as often as I should have Um, and I eventually only got through like 450 of their questions so by the last day I was like shoot I still have 150 questions left but like you know the day before the exam is not the time you want to do that so I could have budgeted my time better with that but at least I got 450 of their questions done which was also helpful in tracking my progress um, and just looking at it a different way Um, another resource that I underutilized and I highly highly recommend if you're tuning into my podcast you need to tune your gears to another podcast by Kyle Rice it is called the NPTE clinical files and it is such a good podcast and I didn't really um, utilize it until like a week before the exam one of my co-workers at my clinical rotation had mentioned it but I was just kind of like burning the candle at both ends and so by the time I even thought to start paying attention to that podcast it was kind of too late but i found it very useful in helping me think about how to answer the questions i'll go into that a little bit more later but but if you have the time his episodes are so good they are short he will pick one topic for the day he will do kind of like a mock um npte question and then he will break down why the right answer is right and why the wrong answers are wrong and so it really helps you get down to that decision making process Um, and and Kyle Rice has an amazing story Uh, I won't tell it all because I probably won't tell it all correctly but he basically was somebody who I think failed like 13 um, standardized tests in his lifetime and then Aced the NPTE. I think he got an actual like perfect score on the NPTE. So he really was able to um, turn his study method around by examining uh, how to take a standardized test. And so, and he applies this to the NPTE. He is excellent. And I highly recommend dropping this podcast now and going to listen to him. If you have only 10 minutes today, turn this one off, go listen to Kyle Rice. Okay. So use other resources besides your main resource is what i'm trying to say um building into practice tests so this kind of is a great segue into the practice tests because again like i just mentioned you don't want to just use one resource okay you can have your main resource for meet with score builders but you want to be able to look at other prep test methods they all ask questions a little bit differently and you kind of don't know which ones are gonna be the most realistic, right? Cause you haven't taken the test before, maybe. Um, most of you probably haven't. So now comes the practice test. So this is kind of like where the rubber meets the road, right, because you've maybe already established your study schedule, you've gotten your prep materials, you've probably started studying a little bit or at least kind of looking at the material might look like you need to set yourself a baseline so in my 10 weeks of studying i took six practice exams um three of those were the peat exam peat is p-e-a-t i forget what it stands for but it's by the actual federation fsbpt so the peat exams are actually created by the people who create the n-p-t-e so the PEAT exams are extremely important. Um, you can get them in packs of two. So I actually had a two packs and I only used three of the exams. My university, my program paid for the academic PEAT. So I think it's, you know, the programs can buy one for you. So my program did buy us a set of PEAT exams and heed this warning um, in the, packet that you'll get. You'll get two exams. You're going to get what's called the retired PEAT and the practice PEAT. The retired PEAT is an actual old version of the exam from like a couple years ago. And so the retired PEAT is one that you want to save for the end. The reason why is because it is the most accurate reflection of what your actual score is going to be. The reason why is because they take your answers and compare them to the actual curved score that they did for that version of the test. And so me not realizing that, I actually wasted that one. I took it really early on. And so by the time I got to the end of my studying, I was like, shoot, I really wish I still had that retired Pete so I could kind of see if I'm ready. And so I ended up buying a secondary pack of Pete's just so I could take the retired one later. So avoid my mistake, save the retired one for the end start with the practice PEAT. The practice PEAT has not been an actual version of the test, so the scores are slightly less accurate, um, but they're still the type of a question that would be asked on the NPTE, and so it's still a very valuable tool, it's just this, the scoring isn't quite as accurate as the retired PEAT, okay? So a little more about practice tests. Builders in their book, does come with three practice tests and um, I found them to be very helpful. The one criticism that I have, the one critique that I have, is that they only do four sections, not five. So it's not a full exam. The reason why is that the actual NPTE has five sections of 50 questions. If you look at the entire exam, 50 questions do not count, 50 questions Are experimental questions that they use for future exams. You don't know which 50 those are going to be and so score builders just decided to not add in the extra 50 and so they only give you the experience of four sections of the exam and not the full five. It was still valuable. I did all three tests. They were they were helpful in reflecting my progress throughout my study time but there is really nothing like having that full five sections to test your endurance. And so that's another reason why the PEAT exams are very um, very important to do because they do the full five sections, the full 250 questions. Okay. So you can kind of test your endurance and um, you know, your energy level and all of that through the exam with the PEATs. Other test, pres- test prep companies may do the full exams. I am not aware because I did not use other companies. Okay. But basically here's how it went. Um, again, I mentioned that I did 10 weeks of prep and six tests. What I did was I took my very first test before I even started studying. That's how I started my studies was I need to establish a baseline. And at the time we didn't, have access to the Pete's yet, and so I did a score builder's exam for my baseline, and that was fine because it gave me a raw score, like a percentage out of 200. Um, but that's not how the final NPTE is scored. They actually do a scaled score based on you know some curve, and so the raw score isn't really completely reflective of how you're going to do. But regardless, it gives you something to go off of. So my first test was score builders test number one and I gave myself a baseline okay then I didn't take my next practice exam for probably another month um, I just didn't feel like it would be useful to take it every week at that point because I hadn't even gotten into the material yet so what I did was I studied for about four weeks and then I took the test again so I took the second score builders test, I think at that point. It was either the second score builders or the retired Pete, one of the two. i don't I don't have the uh, exact order in front of me, but regardless, there was a big jump between my first and my second score, okay. And then every subsequent weekend after that, I took a practice exam and I will tell you, I was a little bit discouraged between some of those weeks because between the second and the third exam, I only improved by like a percent. And between the third and fourth exam, I only improved by like 2%. And so I was getting really nervous. And that's why at the very end, I decided to buy that extra packet of Pete's because I wasn't seeing the progress that I really wanted to feel comfortable with the score that I was going for. Um, I was passing, I will say that, I passed all of my practice, practice exams, but not by comfortable margins to that point. And so I knew that as I was getting through, you know, the PETS that I already had access to and the score builders exams, I needed one more in my quiver, in my like, study toolbox to feel comfortable with my progress and so that's when I decided to you know very for the very last weekend um, buy the secondary pack of Pete's and just take the retired Pete I would have taken both but I just was exhausted and I didn't want to take two practice tests in a weekend so I took the retired Pete about two days before the actual exam itself and I did see a significant jump at that point, at that point, I had gotten through all of the material, all of the 100% of the book. Again, I hadn't gotten through any of the like, you know, fill in the blank questions in the Scorebuilder's book, but I did get through all the content. So um, that actually gave me a lot of confidence because taking that retired Pete two days before my actual exam and seeing that big jump in my progress um, and the fact that I passed it with a very comfortable, comfortable margin, um, allow me to walk into test day with a lot of confidence because they say that that retired PEAT is the most reflective of your actual score. They say that 99% of people who pass the retired PEAT will pass the NPTE. So very important tool to have in your toolbox. Now, how can you use a practice test to Identify your weak spots. This is actually really crucial, and I wish I had done more of this um, So heed this advice as well Um, With every practice test you get some kind of score report You get the opportunity to go through the answers that you missed and Most of them will have a rationale of why. Okay, so this is very important to go through I actually never made time to do that. I would get my score and go, okay uh I feel good with my score. I know I need to do better. Um, So let's see where I land next week. I did not utilize the practice test the way that I should have Um, in talking to other people that took it early. My class, some of my classmates who took it early like me. What they did was once they took the practice exam, they would schedule like an extra hour after that to then go through all of the questions not just the ones that they got wrong, but the ones they got right as well, and go through the rationale of why the right answer was right and why the wrong answers were wrong. And that is incredibly, incredibly helpful for understanding the psychology of the test questions because it's one thing to go in with knowledge, solid knowledge of the content but let me tell you on test day, you are going to have doubts. You're gonna have anxiety. I'll go into this more later, but you are going to suddenly second guess everything that you know. And so if you have that extra bit of understanding of the psychology behind the right answers versus the wrong answers, that will help you with decision-making on test day, okay? So take those practice exams, go through the rationale of the right answer being right and the wrong answer being wrong. And that way you build some stamina in your content, but you also build some stamina in your decision-making, which is crucial when you're tired in that last section in the fifth hour (laughs) on test day, trust me. Also, the score reports, usually, the ones that I did definitely had this, but I feel like the other ones do too, some kind of indicator of a variety of metrics okay so a lot of the different psychometrics of the test will be broken out in your score report things such as how you did per section did you do better in section one section two section three section four that's helpful for helping you determine your endurance i tended to do best on section three right after the break Hmm, interesting so it would take me a little time to warm up And then by section three, I was like, good to go, right? So I knew that section three tended to be my strongest section. That meant I had to do whatever I could to wake myself up earlier in the exam to also do better in sections one and two, right? And then I knew that I had to maintain that endurance for section four and five. So that helped me in preparing my, you know, my endurance, my preparation for test day, the snacks that I brought, the type of break that I was taking, and all of that. Um, so that's one way that they break the scores down. They also break the store- scores down by content. Um, so, for example, cardiopulmonary versus integumentary versus musculoskeletal versus neuromuscular. So you can see how you're doing with actual subject matter. Um, And then you can also see breakdowns as far as types of questions. How are you at examination versus differential diagnosis? For example, how are you at intervention planning? How are you at prognosis? So that was really helpful in helping me identify my weak spots as far as question difficulty. And also it's kind of helpful for for helping you plan as clinician, right? So I was really strong in examination, but I had a weak spot in intervention. So I know that I need to work on that for the test, but I also need to work on that for my patients too. So um, very helpful in looking at those score reports for helping you identify your weaknesses and helping you to change gears and pivot within your studying if you should need to do so. Um, As well, you know pacing again this is a test of endurance five hours 250 questions 50 of them don't count you don't know which ones they are okay they're scattered throughout the test so this is really a a test of your mental endurance your energy on top of your content knowledge and so whatever you need to do to give yourself a leg up make sure you do that now Lastly, just to kind of conclude today's episode, actual test day. I'm not gonna go into a ton of tips on this because that's just a whole episode for another day, but I will tell you two things that I did to help myself out on test day. So, as I mentioned, I walked into the test feeling pretty good. I had really rocked the retired Pete a couple days before, um, and I was feeling really good the day of. I will tell you that I walked out of that test feeling like trash (laughs) okay i i felt like it put me through the ringer uh emotionally and physically and i was not prepared to feel that way so what did i do and what should you do because you know the rumor is is that everybody walks out of the npte feeling like they failed very few people walk out feeling like they just aced it right this test is designed to break you down so how can you give yourself the best chance to succeed even though you're being tested in this grueling way right so here's a couple things because of covid and test center availability i actually had to travel pretty far to take my exam now i live in southern california there's a lot of the test centers nearby However, the one that I was used to taking exams at for like the GRE and stuff um, was closed because of COVID. And so I knew when I was scheduling my test out, I had two choices. I I could go an hour away fighting traffic in the morning um, to take an 8 a.m. exam, or I could drive three hours away and take an 8 a.m. exam, meaning that I would have to get a hotel room the night before. Now me, knowing myself, I am not a morning person, and one thing that stresses me out like no other is commuter traffic, okay? So I imagine myself on test day, if I was to stay at home, take the closer exam, and drive an hour away to make it there in time to check in at 7.15, to you know i was just going through the reverse scheduling of that day and just imagining how i would feel as i walked into the test center after fighting traffic waking up early i'm not a morning person and i was like you know what if i take the closer exam i'm gonna want to get a hotel room next to the exam center anyway i realize this is a privilege i realize not everyone can afford to do this but for me my my mom actually had some hotel points and she was willing to to let me use them and so i kind of had to decide do I wanna get a hotel room? Probably. So which one am I gonna to wanna to go to? I wanna to go to the place that actually is gonna feel a little bit like a vacation for me because I'm gonna to have to go up the day before anyway. And so I ended up going to uh, Camarillo. I went up to Ventura County. And the reason why I chose Ventura County is because I knew the drive there would be really peaceful. I decided to drive through Malibu, which was absolutely gorgeous. And I knew that just getting away from it all into kind of like small town vibes, uh, away from, you know, the hubbub around me, um, would help me just set my mind in the proper zone for test day. And uh, I'd been up to Ventura County a couple times before on road trips and stuff. And I just knew that it was, you know, it's a beautiful kind of like beachy vibe. And I was just like, where would I want to go on vacation versus the other one was in Riverside County, which is no offense to anybody who lives in Riverside area. um, It was just, you know, it's a lot of congestion, a lot of traffic, a lot of kind of like suburb type of environment. And I just, I just didn't feel like that was going to put me in the right environment uh for the mental space that I needed for the exam it wouldn't feel like a vacation it would just feel like I'm wasting money and so i decided to take the further exam go up the day before have a nice lunch do a little drive around ventura which is a cool little like touristy town see some sights and then relax in my hotel room the night before so i was able to actually feel like i was on vacation for a minute. And that was actually really nice. I had been grinding so hard through school that I hadn't taken any vacations at all and especially not through COVID. And so, uh, it just felt nice to be able to relax a little bit on the day before the test. Cause the last thing you really want to do is be like studying or working or like running around. Cause you're just going to feel harried because you're going to feel nervous anyways. So I did whatever I could to, um, just set the right frame of mind okay and the second part of that was selecting the right hotel now my mom had some points so very lucky very grateful for that um, I knew that I wanted to tend to my creature comforts I was really nervous about not sleeping in my own bed and having my morning routine on the day of the test Um, knowing that I was going to be in a hotel room regardless I wanted to make sure that I was able to provide myself with as close to the home experience as I could so rather than staying in like a normal hotel I made sure that I was at a residence inn because they had a kitchen and like an apartment style setup Um, it was kind of the same price anyways and so even though I was only gonna be there for one night I brought like everything that I would use in the morning for home like I brought my like smoothie machine (laughs) which just sounds so ridiculous it's not that big but still I uh, packed a cooler with the cold brew coffee that I make myself I packed food that I would have eaten in my cooler all of the stuff right because I wanted to wake up on test day have my normal life as normal as possible so that I could set myself in the right frame of mind. I even brought my own pillow. I brought my own pillow, because I was like, I'm not taking any chances that their pillow isn't gonna feel good on my neck. I don't wanna have a neck pain on test day. (laughs) You know, it it just sounds so silly, but all of the little things really helped, right? So I was able to kind of mimic my own home experience as much as I could so that I'd set myself up for just ease of mind walking into that test center right and uh, you know I have dogs I let them snuggle with me at nighttime I wasn't gonna be able to snuggle with them so I was already like I feel homesick you know I want my dogs so everything else that I did uh, to make that hotel room my own was very helpful at least you know and feeling like I wasn't staying far away you know I was able to kind of mimic my home life which was very helpful And the last thing, the last thing, probably one of the most important things that I did, and it was kind of by accident, not by choice, was setting my circadian rhythm appropriately for test day. Now, I say it was on accident because um, the days before my test, I was actually with a substitute CI. My CI and I, um, my regular CI, were both not morning people. And her schedule was ideal for me because it was a later schedule like a late start we'd start at like 9 or 10 o'clock every day but my substitute CI was actually a morning person and she would start at either 7 or 8 o'clock every day and so I actually by accident you know got paired up with her for like three days prior to my exam and so in those days leading up to the exam I was actually waking up really early to get to my clinical rotation on time. And again, I'm not a morning person, so it was not fun for those three days, waking up that early, but it actually really helped me be alert um, on my test day because even the next day, um, when I was taking the day off to drive up and the day of the exam, I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning just to spring out of bed and start my day early because I knew that on test day, I was gonna need to be alert at that eight o'clock hour ready to go. And so I just kept that circadian rhythm train going for those couple of days through the weekend and everything. And uh, I'm really glad that I did that because not only did I feel alert on test day with all of the other prep that I had done, I walked in there feeling like a million bucks. Of course, I was a little nervous, but I walked in there feeling like I had done everything that I could To be ready for that exam, and let me tell you, it helped. Um, And just as kind of like an added bonus, when you know I got up at the hotel the night of or the morning of, they had a little continental breakfast down uh, in the lobby, and I actually like just went down there to scrounge for snacks for test day because that was the one thing that I didn't do was stupid me I didn't buy like granola bars or whatever Um, so I actually went down there and grabbed a few bananas um, and as I was walking back to my hotel room I walked outside to kind of get some sunlight in my eyes not realizing that I was actually going to see the sunrise so oh my god like it's been a million years since I've seen the sunrise and so I didn't realize that it's light outside before the sun actually comes up because the light is coming over the horizon and so actually it was bright outside um, before the sun even came up and so i didn't realize that i was walking around the parking lot just getting some sunlight in my eyes i actually like looked and saw the sun peeking out over the horizon and i was like oh my god i haven't seen a sunrise in god knows how long this is a good omen you know, th- this is cool. This is something unexpected. I'm going to have a good day today. And I don't know. It was just an added little little bonus to my day that just helped out, right? Anything you can do to help out. And so setting my circadian rhythm worked out great. I'm super glad that I did that. Um, you know, do it as early as you can. Don't wait till the last minute like I did. Because then, you know, you won't even have to worry about things to add to the routine it'll just be lockstep right so I walked into the NPTE feeling like I had done everything I could up into that point and that the rest of it was out of my hands right and 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 that's the best situation to be in right feeling like you left it all out on the field right like you walked in fully prepared and everything else is up to the universe Or God or whatever you know you did everything you could and that helped me a lot because once I actually sat down then the nerves kicked in (laughs) I think it's inevitable I think no matter what you're gonna feel some amount of nerves on test day and you know that was where I had wished See, this is another plug for Kyle Rice. This, and I don't know Kyle Rice. You're great if you listen to this. I, I love your podcast. <laughs> um, we should talk. But this is where I wish I had listened to Kyle Rice earlier on because the way that my nerves affected me on test day was I would get a few questions down to a 50-50 choice. And then I started to second guess myself. So actually, I took a lot longer on the NPTE itself than I had taken on any of my practice exams. My practice exams, I was able to like, just confidently whiz through. Never went back to check the ones that I had marked. Maybe like one or two, and then I'd be like, ah, feel like I'm probably right, and I don't want to change my answers, right? But on test day, I actually took a lot more time to go back and review and kind of like hem and haw over certain questions because my nerves were making me doubt myself. And because I hadn't had done the extra work of like figuring out the psychology of the test questions and like why the right is right and why the wrong is wrong, I second-guessed myself. And so that's why I say, if you do have time to go back and review The right answers and the wrong answers and the psychology of them on your practice test and listen to Kyle Rice because he goes through all that too um, you're gonna feel like a million bucks and that's the one thing the one thing that I wished I had done more of but you know what with the time that I had I feel like I gave it everything I had so you know thank goodness it worked out for me and uh, those are my NPTE test strategies that I am offering to you Um, there's a lot more that I could go into but I think this is good enough to set you going Uh, I hope this has been helpful feel free to give me your feedback reach out to me on socials and best of luck to you well that does it for today's show what did you think did you love it did it leave you wanting for more Let me know on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nikki-Ray. That's at N-I-K-K-I-D-A-S-H-R-A-E. Until next time, nerds, A-B out. This show is written, produced, hosted, and recorded by Nikki Ray Alkema, student physical therapist in Huntington Beach, California moral support, and occasional snoring provided by the resident pit bulls, also known as the Itty Bitty Pity Committee, Vita and Zoe. Anatomy readings are sourced from the United States public domain text, Anatomy of the Human Body, 20th edition, by Henry Gray and Warren H. Lewis. Opinions and commentary are my own and do not represent any institution or professional affiliation.